listen, when I'm dating someone, I take care of myself. Like, I... Right. How did you up on the window? I don't know. You ain't shit. I know. Tell everybody about it. Especially life. Like, I feel like we have black friends. You guys are taking over the things. Like, that's really how I feel. There's not ever. 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 Tonight, I am joined by my good friend, Vince, and we're going to be discussing entrepreneurship in the Black community. Um, before we start unpacking things, Vince, please let the people know the myriad projects that you are working on right now. You said myriad of projects. <laughs> um, well, by trade, I'm a real estate agent. That's how I put food on the table. And I got a few um, projects going on, one called Veterans of Charlotte, and I have another one called Under Construction. And basically what Veterans of Charlotte is, it's just a, it's a lot of veterans who are living here in Charlotte. And they're just telling the stories of their lives. We're just getting stories directly from the veterans' mouth because we always hear about the veterans, mm -hmm. but we never hear from the veterans. Right. So, so far, our feedback's been pretty good. The hardest part is just me getting volunteers that are willing to go in front of camera. But other than that, the feedback's been pretty good. And under construction, it's a post me and a few friends started. It's a sports post. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're talking about Charlotte sports, and we're talking about the culture of Charlotte. Uh, with us being minorities, we don't really have a voice right. in the community when it comes to sports. So we decided to uh, take that task up. We just recorded our fourth episode tonight, I think. And so we're still learning. But um, just like the other page, uh, feedback's been pretty good. Yeah. Vince, you really been inspiring me to get my stuff together because I've been talking about doing a YouTube show for the longest and we had been talking about it and then the next thing I knew he had like five episodes up and I was like, damn, now I don't have an excuse. <laughs> he was just running with it. But see, that's the thing. We we motivate each other because right. when, when when we were talking about doing podcasts and everything, you were saying that you were going to get your podcast mm -hmm. started and then next thing I know, like a week later, you sent me a text. It's like, hey, here's the link to my first podcast. <laughs> True. And I'm like, damn, I'm slipping. So, like, we 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 motivate each other. Right. So now the tables are turned. So it's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is an episode that he and I, Vince and I, had actually been talking about for a while. Um, but you guys know I don't do things on time, so I apologize for that. Um, but I think everything happens for a reason. Um, and you guys all know that the, the black community was recently rocked a little over a week ago after the murder of Nipsey Hussle. Um, I was personally a huge fan of his as a person. I'm not going to act like I knew his entire catalog of music, but I did follow very closely what he did in the black community, specifically, you know, L.A., um, how he was trying to invest and create business there and create wealth for his family and, you know, the black community. So, um you know, I just feel like it's a loss that we're still still reeling from. Um, but, you know, one of the things that he preached was creating for ourselves, kind of taking ownership of our gifts and turning it into something. Um, I didn't know until he passed that he owned all of his masters. Um, you know, he held other black business owners accountable for what they were doing and kind of took them to task 
to employ other black people that were having difficulty finding work. Um, you know, and beyond that, the store that, that he bought that was ultimately where he lost his life was kind of reported as somewhere that was like a high crime, high traffic area, but he wanted to buy it because a lot of people were trying to force the kids that used to play out there, like out of the community. And so he kind of wanted to give them that safe space. Um, so I'm not going to go into like a diatribe about like conspiracy theorists and why people think he was murdered. Um, because it's, like I said, a loss is going to be felt for a very long time, but I just think now is the time to talk about that um, while it's on everybody's mind. Yeah. So with that, we're going to get into the show. Um, so with everything that you have going on that you spoke of, who do you feel has been most supportive of the things that you're working on? Like, is it the black community, those outside of the community? Has it been a healthy mix? Um, to be honest with you, it's been a healthy mix. Okay. It's been a healthy mix. Um, yeah, you know, that's actually a question that I haven't thought about until mm-hmm. now because, um, you know, we're friends on Facebook right. and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. And um, I have a pretty good mix of friends on all of my social media pages. And I'm constantly getting um, emails and comments and replies from people of all backgrounds. And they're always commenting me on, you know, doing a good job. And and, and I think it's I think it's um, necessary to mention that I do post my fair share of black centric posts mm-hmm. on my social media. And, you know, I still get white people emailing me and texting, hey, you know, good stuff, love what you're posting, love the positivity, keep it going. And, um, but yeah, I've, I've gotten support pretty much from every, well, I get more so the emotional support, the good job, mm-hmm. but not more, but not the physical support. Okay. And um, I know we'll get into that later. Okay. All right. I think for me, most of my followers are probably black. I have a, a handful of friends that are on social media that are white that support me. And I don't know if it's because my message is so like, you know, Afrocentric. It's not like I'm just overtly like I'm black and blackity black, black, but I love my people. And so I am very unapologetic in that. And it's not like I go out of my way to to make white people feel included. I don't try to exclude them either. It's just like you were saying earlier about your your sports show, we're underrepresented. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm talking to us. And if everybody else wants to get on, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, I don't care about that. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think the reason why my social media is so mixed, my uh, most of my social media is relatively new within the last four or five years. Went through a lot of life changes and I just felt like, you know, let me just delete all this and mm-hmm. start over. And I'm a, um, I have a military background. Mm-hmm. And... For lack of better words, in the military, you really don't see color. Right. You work with people of all different backgrounds. So that's that's kind of where a lot of my mix comes in at. Mm-hmm. And also, given my profession as a real estate agent, you know, obviously I'm dealing with more than just black people. So, um, and, and it's funny being a real estate agent because you get friend requested from the most randomness. <laughs> of it. And listen, I can't stand every other day. It's a different <laughs> Because and it'd be like Jane from Alaska wants to be your friend, <laughs> and I'm like, why does Jane want to be my friend? Right. Well, Jane's a real estate agent, so I'll go ahead and I'll accept the request, and then next thing you know, I'm getting an inbox from Jane saying, "Hey, Vince, thanks for being my friend," and I'm like, okay, uh, old white lady on my friend page. Okay, cool, <laughs> moving on. But I think for the most part, that's why I have such a healthy mix. Is because with some of the careers and some of the projects that I'm dabbling in, it forces me to venture outside of the Black community and interact with those other demographics. Right. And I feel like that's 
eventually where I'll end up because, you know, I'm working towards my real estate license. And one of the guys that's in my class, he's a loan officer and he is trying to get me to get my NMLS. I don't know if I'll ever use it, but I think that I'm going to just because it would benefit me to have it, especially the job that I have now. Um, so I know that I will not necessarily be forced out of my comfort zone because I've mostly gone to school with white people and worked with white people, but just building those relationships, they're going to be a lot easier because it's, it's who I'm going to be dealing with a lot more of. Um, so let's just talk about some of the reasons why we should support black owned businesses. I have a couple of notes that I made, but I want to hear from you first. Okay. Well, okay. Let me back it up a little bit. Uh, we've actually been trying to plan this uh, podcast for like what seems like ten years now, Whatever. and we finally got here. <laughs> and when, when we got to the when we got to the planning stage, as far as the topic, initially I didn't know what I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. And then I think about a week later, I sent you a text and said, "Hey, I want to talk about entrepreneurship." And the reason for that is because I don't think I don't believe it's actually talked about enough right. in the black community. Now, you go on Facebook, and you can find a billion and one groups talking about love, sex, and relationship. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to leveling up, when it comes to um, black ec- group economics, like those groups are few and far between. And for whatever reason, a lot of us tend to shy away from those types of conversations. I have a ton of friends right now that if I text them right now and I say, hey, let's go out to the bar, they're there. But if I say, hey, let's let's uh, let's meet up at somebody's house and let's talking about pooling our money together and let's go buy a parking lot or a gas station or something, it's crickets. Right. So I think the conversation is necessary because you can't pay rent with money. Right. You know, you can make a hell of a down payment, mm-hmm. but you can't pay rent. And I think for the next generation and those generations coming after us, I think we finally need to sit down and start talking about how do we level up and how do we close that wealth gap mm-hmm. between the black community and the other communities? Right. And I think it's, I don't want to call it the crabs in the barrel like mentality, but I think it is just that fear. Like we aren't always a communicative group of people. Mm-hmm. Like we've been told to keep things in house. So you don't want to share your financial struggles with other people. You know what I mean? And kind of open yourself up to that. So like, if you don't have the money to invest, people don't want to know that. So like going out to get a drink, that's nothing, but really sitting down and talking to somebody about what you need to do to level up. People are afraid of that. Mm -hmm. And then I think people assume that there is a limited amount of money out there. And so like, if you're getting it, that's taken away from what I'm going to get. When in reality, there's enough out there for everybody to eat. And so, you know, it is beneficial for us to, like, pool our resources together so that we can grow together. But it's just that fear. Like, if he getting it, then that's taken away from my piece of the pie. And so we have to kind of, we've got to put a stop to that and really come together as a people and figure out how each of us can get on. Because, you know, everybody has different gifts. So, like, Mm -hmm. just because you're doing one thing and you're eating doesn't mean I can't do my thing and still eat. So. It's just one of those things we have to work on. Um, but one of the things that you said, that's really one of the the first things that I wanted to talk about, closing the racial wealth gap. Um, I saw that it said today the median wealth for white families is about 12 times that for black families, averaging around $140,000. And one in four black households have zero to negative net worth. And it says that by 2053, 2053, the median wealth for black families is projected to fall to zero. So unless we change 
the habits that we have now, things are only going to get worse. Yeah. So we got to get back. Un- unfortunately, I think the only way to change that is to kind of do some of the things that ultimately caused Nipsey his death. Mm-hmm. And that's to go back to the black community. Um, a lot of us, once we get out, we stay out. Right. Now, for every Nipsey hustle, you have you have a boozy badass. And Boosie is on record saying he will never go back home. Mm-hmm. He will never go back to Beirut. And the reason for that is because um, certain people, when they see you level up, they don't want they don't want you to continue to level up because they aren't there. They want right. it's kind of like the whole crabs in the barrel, like you were saying. But I think somehow, some way, we need to find a way to be able to turn around, reach back, and start going back to those communities, going back to our communities, and say, hey. We can actually do this, but we have to be the example. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't think there's a lot of kids. There's not a lot of us who actually see us doing good. Right. And unfortunately, I believe that stems from the older generation. Um, Considering our past, considering the history of this country, you can't really fault them. Mm -hmm. But in 2019, in the age of information, to, to not to not want to move forward consciously, um, I do believe it to be a choice. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with a young lady a couple weeks ago, and um, she was trying to get her parents to start investing, but her parents didn't want to put their money into the banking system. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a huge stigma within the black community that we don't trust the banks. Mm -hmm. And actually, sometime last year, I decided to look into it as to why we don't trust the banks. And I won't get too far into the history of it, but essentially after the Civil War, there was a bank that was created specifically for freed slaves, mm-hmm. and it was and it was called Freedmen's Bank. And what happened was all of the money was pulled into it, but they went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And when they went bankrupt, the the bonds um, were pretty much worthless. Right. So every everybody who had put their money in the bank lost out completely. And that's that's where it started, and it sucks because the Civil War was what nineteen what early nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and here we are um, about to hit uh, two thousand and twenty, and we're still having the same problem. So I think we just got to have those hard conversations to start to start investing to put our money into the banks, and we have a lot of black we have a few black owned banks here in Charlotte mm-hmm. that are very underfunded that are very close to going out of business because they're not getting enough business from us. So I think as soon as we start utilizing them more, we can start seeing some change. For sure. Um, And it strengthens the economy in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think people realize the spending power that black people have, you know, so black dollars matter. I think we make up less like 14% of the population, Mm -hmm. but what we spend Annually, I believe it's like 1.2 trillion. So our dollars matter, and so it's important where we're putting that money. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said about Nipsey and, and the Boosie reference, I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with kind of evolving and excelling and growing out of you know where you're from and not wanting to go back. But I think that's like like you said a mentality. Like you don't have to go back and live the same mm-hmm. life, but you can give back because mm-hmm. you know you came from that. So you would think that people would be all the more motivated to at least try to help other people not live the life that they lived. You know what I mean? But not everybody sees it that way. And it's sad. Um, And I think another thing that's important is that it supports our culture. Like a lot of times we are the, the trend makers and the trendsetters, like a lot of the, the non-black 
brands are heavily influenced by our culture. Mm-hmm. And so instead of supporting those brands, and it's, it's not to say that you can't support both, but instead of always putting your money in the brands that are monetizing our culture without credit, give back to, you know, completely agree. where, yeah. where it began, yeah. where it started. So that's just, that's yeah. one of the things I completely think. Completely agree. And, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned something like that because uh, we know that other cultures are constantly stealing our culture. Um, there's a viral video going on right now where this this weatherman is mm-hmm. doing some challenge. My friend works for the station, so yeah. he was telling me about it. He's like, oh, it went viral, and I saw it, and I was like, okay. Yeah, um, and, and and I don't know what your um, your profanity levels are on this podcast. but It's me. It's not suitable for work. That, <laughs> that shit pissed me the fuck off. Okay. It pissed me. And it's like, because it's... Cause it's they love our culture, mm-hmm. but like they 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 hate us, and it just it just sucks to see so many people who look like us promoting this and loving this and supporting us. But if me and you were to do that, right. it's like what the hell are you doing? Right, you know. So it's like if if we can give that same energy to both sides, we're not even having this conversation. Right, right and I mean I've had conversations about the difference between cultural appropriation and appreciation, and I'm not saying you have to do these dances and then go into this, you know spiel about the history of the dance but Mm -hmm. i do think that there is a a line between the two and it's just like you're doing this and you don't understand like the historical like you know implications of what you're doing you don't understand like where this comes from you're just doing it to go viral and you don't give a shit about it and then the next day you get to go back to your like privileged white life and it's like (laughs) like you said you know if if we did it people would just kind of look at it like yeah Yeah, you know then, I mean? then, then we're getting a letter from the boss saying, hey, so um, there's this video I saw on Instagram right. and it's like, hey, we need you to tone it down a right. little bit. But I don't even know the news reporter's name. I right. know um, the Hornets actually reached out to him and he did the dance at halftime like last week. Yeah, I, I don't understand the fascination with, you know, non-black people. Doing black things. Do it, yeah. Doing <laughs> traditionally black things and then people wanting to extend these invitations yeah. to like the cookouts. And I'm just like, that that shit has to stop. Mean, and meanwhile, we have some that country singer and he had his Little song. Nas go, X, yeah. That guy, but but Billboard's like, nope, this isn't country. Uh we don't want you here. Um go go hip hop and mm-hmm. we're gonna keep our country the way it's always been. But we're we're constantly inviting people to the cookout. Right. I don't get it. And I mean, sometimes with like with the example of him, sometimes you kind of have to to work the system. So he was like, Oh, it's not country. Let me go get the most country white dude that I can think of to get on this song yeah. and then make it pop. And so now they can't yeah. say anything. And I talked to a friend about that today. He actually explained he and, and he's a black guy. And uh, he's actually a musician, so he listens to all uh, forms of music. And he said, even though um, the optics doesn't look too good, Billboard was like, he actually was like, Billboard was like, he's like, it's not a country song. It's, so like, I, I when he told me that, I was like, damn, that's messed up, because now I can't be mad about it. Mm-hmm. But he was like, it's not country. That'll so. be a conversation we have soon, because I want to understand why it's not yeah. a country song. Like, what the, I, I think because now, Genres are so like fluid, yeah, and everything's influenced by something else. I don't think that there is a particular sound or you know yeah. like rubric that makes something a like country song. Yeah, so, there was um, Billboard posted an article, and it was something about in order for it to be country, it has to have this instrument and this instrument and this instrument, and it can't have this, this, and this. 
But because it has this, it it disqualifies itself as country. Interesting. And I was blown away because I, I I did I didn't know that mm-hmm. you know so so yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll check that out. But, you know, so Billy Ray Cyrus, his daughter is the one that invented twerking or at least was credited with it. So this is why we're here, because another point is that representation matters. Yeah. I think like a lot of times people don't know what's possible because they haven't seen it done. And so I think seeing more black business owners thrive or just even try might inspire other creators of color to reach for the stars, you know, and mm-hmm. create something. Um, all right. Did you have any other reasons that, you know, we should support black business? That was all I had. I don't want to Simply, I mean, like, there, there really shouldn't be a reason right. to support black business. There shouldn't be a reason to support business in, um, in general. As my, my mentality has always been, as long as what you're doing, as long as it's right, it's it's just, it's obviously legal. Like, if I can support it, I have no problem mm-hmm. supporting it. So being a black-owned business, it that should be... Um, that should be an extra push. Right. But as long as it's just, like, why, why not give your support somehow? And your support doesn't always have to be monetary. For instance, we're, we're, in, the, we're in the age of social media now. So if, if a friend asks you, hey, like my page, mm-hmm. just, just like it because you actually get paid off of how many likes you get. And if you have a friend who posts a video, you don't even have to watch the video. Just put it on mute and mm-hmm. let it play. The more views they get, the more money they get. And you can support someone technically by not even supporting them. Right. So um, a lot of my friends, they 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 follow my page. They've clicked like on it. They've said, hey, this is good stuff. And with you guys being so young in it, you guys are only going to get better. Keep going. And uh, we were actually joking about it tonight, and we were we were talking about how between the three of us, we have about eight or nine thousand friends. So if we posted a video, and if each of our friends watched it just one time, like the the page would just explode. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a difference in between saying I support you and then actually doing it. Right, and that's something that I want to dive into in a little bit. But because I like to play devil's advocate, we're gonna talk about not supporting black business. Okay. Um, now a while back, I don't I don't know how long a while is. I just know it was a while. It okay. feels like it might have been a year or two. The comedian, I'm just hilarious. Uh-huh. I'm not a fan of hers for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. But um she had posted a video where she was kind of complaining. Okay. And she caught flack for it. So she patronized the black owned business and complained about black businesses in general because you know, in her opinion, we never have things together. Um, so I think she might have gone to like a seafood restaurant and they ran out of seafood and mm. they didn't give her like silverware and they didn't give her napkins. And so I I felt like in this situation, she was upset and rightfully so, because I feel like if I'm going somewhere and I'm spending my money, I have a, an, a level, like a standard that I expect mm. to be met. Um, and it doesn't matter who is, you know, providing the service. It's just I'm paying for, I expect this. Um, But a lot of people were upset that she was like, well, don't say that you don't support black business type thing. So I guess my question is, as consumers that are supporting black business, are we supposed to expect or accept less because they're black owned businesses or, you know, are we supposed to hold our people accountable for no, providing we, less? We aren't, we aren't supposed to accept less. In order, if we put ourselves in that mindset, then we're not holding them to to whatever standard right. they need to be held. We we should expect the same thing from black businesses that we that we expect from uh, non-black businesses. Right. 
the problem that I have with the just hilarious situation, because I actually remember that, is that when she went on Instagram and she was venting about her situation, the part that I didn't like, and so many of us have done this, was saying, see, this is why I don't patron black business. This is I try to support y'all, but this is why I don't do it. And, and like, that pisses me off because when you go to zaxby's or mcdonald's or whatnot mm-hmm. and you get bad service you don't you don't say this is why i don't patron white business right. and you don't see white people saying this is why i don't patron white business they they may complain about it but they don't add that racial factor and even in even when you have that bad experience you're there the next week right you're you're right back there and i talked about this with a friend a couple of years ago and he told me that he tries not to get upset when he goes to a black restaurant and he doesn't get quality service because with we are so disenfranchised as a community, we don't have the same training, mm-hmm. we don't have the same support, we don't have the same know-how from big government to run these businesses. So you take someone like a white person, when they want to run a business, they have no problem getting a loan, they have no problem getting the uh, the food delivered to the place, and everything works smoothly. But when you are a minority, or when you're black more specifically, you have all these other problems you have to deal with simply because you're black. Mm-hmm. So when I walk into your restaurant, and I see, and the waitress doesn't talk to me, she doesn't come up to my table for like 10 or 15 minutes, or the, or they don't have French fries, or they don't have baked potatoes. Like I'm seeing all of that stuff on the outside, but I'm not seeing all of the stuff that's going on behind closed doors mm-hmm. as to why they're so inefficient. And I think if we try to be a little bit more understanding, I, that's you know again closing the gap. I think we can kind of close the gap and help each other uh, progress a little bit more. But at the same time, those business owners they have to be trying to better themselves as well. Now, if you are a business owner and somebody comes to, to your establishment and things are going smooth, you you need to be courteous. You need to do the best you can to rectify the situation. But if you kind of have a I don't give a fuck attitude, mm-hmm. then you deserve to get cussed out, right. you know, rightfully so. But I too often have I seen people who look like us go online and blast a restaurant for the sole fact that it's black owned. Mm-hmm. And we, we definitely got to stop that. Yeah, so you said a couple of things that I want to touch on. I think it was like three Sorry, points. I, no, it's fine. I speak in paragraphs. I, I ramble too. <laughs> it is totally fine. I was listening and making mental notes. So with the just hilarious situation, I do find that a lot of times we um, will have one bad experience and then just associate all black businesses with that. And we expect or assume that everyone's like that. And it's like we make an excuse not to give back to the community because you had one bad experience. Like, I've had a lot of failed relationships. I still try to date. You know what I mean? Like you can't use that one experience that could be a possible outlier as the reason to not support business. Um, But I do think we have to stop making blanket statements like this is why I don't support black business because a lot of people hear that and they're like, yes, girl, I agree. And then it just creates a snowball effect of people assuming the worst about Mm -hmm. us. And so then it's an uphill battle that we have to fight as a community. You know, black owned businesses just trying to make it. Um, and let me see the other thing you said. Yes. Now when I go into black businesses, I do feel like 
I'm a little bit more patient because I understand the hurdles that they've had to, mm-hmm. to overcome. So I'm like, it's okay, sis, take your time. I do try to wait. But, you know, once the, the service does begin, I, I am still expecting them to provide good service. And there's a restaurant here. I'm not going to call yeah, them out by name. Um, but they've been in business for a, a while now, kind of grow from like a food truck or like humble beginnings, had one location and relocated. And I feel like like you said, we have to know how to educate ourselves and become better business owners. Like work towards being better. Like you can't just rely on the fact that you have good food and that's enough. Like I think when I tried to visit the place, they had run out of damn near everything. And this is when they were in their prior location. That still seems to be an issue. And so now it's a problem with like maybe vendor relationships or just who's placing the orders. And so there's a disconnect. And at this point, it's like, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Agreed. Like you can't keep having the same problem. Agreed. Like I understand that things do happen, but this just can't be, you know, the conversation that you have with your friends before you go there. Like they might be out of food. Like it's good if you can get it, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, you have to figure out how to get better so that as you grow, you're kind of growing to scale and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, why is it that you think that like, some of us don't support black business because, you know, I guess some of us think that we just don't have it together. But beyond that, like, what is it that, like, as a whole has turned us off of supporting one another? Well, unfortunately, um, the Willie Lynch letter, mm-hmm. we we don't know if that's a true event. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that really happened. But the words in that letter are still very true. Right. And this country, this world, has done a very good job in in demonizing the African, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what it is. And um, you have your your small demographic within the African American community who's obviously seen past that. And while we do have our problems, they they understand that it's this this has been a conscious effort by other people to make us look as bad as possible. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you have a larger demographic within the African American community. Um, who believes it for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And it's it's frustrating. It's yeah. very for um, you know, five, ten years ago, I used to argue back and forth with these types of people all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just kind of at a point, you know, um, the more peace of mind type thing. I'll see the commentary or I'll hear it if I'm in person and I just kind of move on about my life because I'm just like, it's it's you can't you can't really defeat ignorance because right. there are so many people who are so ignorant to the situation, you you can't find them. Right. But um, I think it's really just a, a matter of people choosing not to educate themselves. Mm-hmm. And so once they have that one or two bad experiences, it's like you say, they kind of generalize it to the entire demographic. Right. So, uh, And it everything we've talked about kind of all ties in together. So until we start going back to the communities, until we start showing them the way, until we start letting them know, hey, you can get out and be successful, uh, the banks, you can't trust the banks, da 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 until we start doing that with ourselves, the, the cycle will just unfortunately continue. Yeah. And and beyond that, I feel like we don't know what we don't know. So a lot of times I feel like every day I learn about a new Black-owned business. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's out there we can't support. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And again, that just goes back to them not having the resources to adequately, like, you know, promote and market themselves. So they're not going to be able to reach as many people. Um, and I'm um, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off. Um, I think also that that responsibility become is on us to go out and look for those black owned businesses mm-hmm. because it sucks to be reactionary but like you said you don't know until something happens and you know i think it was last year or the year before we had an incident at that hair 
mm-hmm. the hair salon where the owners um, had a confrontation with a with a black female there, and I actually go to that store mm-hmm. to buy a pick, you know, because because I love my beard and I got to take care. <laughs> y'all, I'm telling you, if y'all see my beard, woo, you know, so yeah, some some product and all that good stuff. But as soon as that happened, guess who's not getting my money anymore? Right. So I I look for a, a, a black owned beauty store, but instead of stopping there, like it should continue to cancel out. Right. So you should start looking for other black owned um, businesses, um, depending on what your day to day life is. And I think once we start doing that, where it becomes a a conscious, proactive um, act, then I think I think we'll be good. Right. And I think sometimes people feel that it can be inconvenient to support black business, and what I mean by that is like. Okay, we'll use the beauty supply store as an example. I go to Tyson all the time mm-hmm. because it's close to me and it's big as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the the black-owned beauty supply store, I'm sure they have some things there. But for me, like, I feel like Tyson is like the Walmart of beauty supply yeah, stores. I can get everything I need. And so, like, for some of us, it's inconvenient to go to one store to get something and then have to get other things other places. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I understand that they have limited resources so they can't stock up on everything and they have to grow. But, you know, as consumers, we want what we want. Conveniently. Yes, conveniently. And then beyond the convenience of just having access to everything, a lot of times because of, you know, rental rates and things of that nature, they have to start businesses on like the outskirts of town mm-hmm. and we don't want to go there mm-hmm. because it's too far for us. So, you know, it's inconvenient in that way that it's like, you know, you can get soul food, you know, anywhere. And there might be a place that's, you know, South Charlotte near Carowinds that's the bomb. But I'm a university, so I don't know if I'm make it out this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like it's hard. You, yeah. you sometimes have to go that extra mile to support. Yeah. Um, and then like to the point that we were making earlier, I think a lot of people have it in their minds that we're unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And so we just don't want to go because we assume that, you know, we've been conditioned to think that we're angry all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're just expecting the worst from one another. Um, and then the last thing that I had was that it's it's often more expensive. But again, that's just because it costs more for them to create it. So it's yep. they have to sell it at a higher a higher price so that they can try to recoup, you know, the funds. And so I get it. But again, we like convenience. So it's like, you know, I want to support what you're doing. But over here, you know, Jeff Bezos got this shit online, yep. you know, for $2. And it's going to come today. So yep. it's just, it's one of those things about like, being mindful of how you're spending your dollars and why. So I get it um, because, you know, depending on the pay period, you know, I'm able to support someone a little bit more, you know, but it's just we don't always have the funds to do or we don't know what's there or, you know, they just don't have everything. So it sucks. But like you said, it's just about taking an extra step and trying to put the dollars back into the community. Real quick, mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to do kind of like a little side combo because you mentioned Bezos. Um, you know, he just got him and his wife finalized um, their divorce. Correct? Yes, I'm trying to see if she wants a girlfriend now. Thirty six billion dollars, like, bitch. Look, how do you divorce somebody and in the process become the, the third, third richest, richest woman listen. in the world? <laughs> that is the greatest. That gotta be the greatest finesse of all Talk time. About, well, I don't think she finessed him. You know what I mean? I think it's, they just didn't sign a prenup. He, you know, he's built this. No, it was not. Now, He's built now, this okay. business, and you know, 
Now, That's when I say finesse, works. I don't mean that like she intentionally went into this marriage like, oh, I'm I'm gonna take him for everything if it doesn't work out. But you know, because I, I fully believe that they had full intentions on having the long fruitful right. marriage. But unfortunately, it was his it was his wrongdoing that caused the uh, divorce. But still, for you, like from the like. She came up. Yeah. Like, she came up. Like, and then she, and, and I don't know if other people don't know about this, but she had a ton of other assets and other businesses. She actually gave up a lot of her assets to Jeff and still walked away with $36 billion. <laughs> like, like I, I read that and I'm asking myself if I would make a good stepdad. Are you stupid? <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's just, it's one of those things when you look at stuff like that, it seems insane. Like when you, okay, you, you have the sports show. So when we see these, like, you know, what are, what are the contracts that these players uh-huh. sign? It seems ridiculous that someone's making $36 million a season, but that's relative to how much, you know, revenue the team generates. And mm-hmm. so for them, the percentage is peanuts, but it, you know, from the outside looking in, it just looks ridiculous. So yeah. $36 million or billion dollars, excuse me, out of $900 billion is nothing yeah. percentage wise. But to everybody out here, it's like, that's a shit ton of fucking Started money. Right. <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> <laughs> um, now, without imparting too much of my personal opinion into the combo, because okay. I can do that sometimes, I want to bring up a meme that I've seen shared quite often. And it's... I'm not going to read it verbatim, but it's basically saying, like, support your friends and family the same way you support celebrities. Um, Now, for me, I used to find that call to action to be problematic because anybody that knows me knows I'm a Beyonce stan. I'm not a Mm -hmm. member of the Beehive. I'm not putting bees and shit under pictures. I don't have that kind of time. But I love Beyonce. But but, (laughs) we're not going to do that. But (laughs) what I mean is like. Well, what I'm trying to say is that I feel like before she was the Beyonce that we know, she had friends and family members that probably didn't believe in what she was doing. And so, you know, they didn't support her. So I feel like sometimes when I would read that, I felt like, well, what if I don't think what they're doing is good or it's it's their ministry? I don't have to support them just because they're my friends and family. But then I checked myself and I thought, even if I don't believe in what they're doing or I'm not their target demo, it doesn't mean that I don't know someone that is. So what can the support look like if, you know, you don't want to spend money? I think that was something that you were yeah. talking about earlier, too. Like you were saying, well, just um, play it, put it on mute. Well, for, first of all, the whole support your friends the way you support your celebrities. I actually believe in that wholeheartedly to the point that it's actually on my Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, support your friends, um, defend them and all that good stuff the same way you do celebrities. Because the thing is, like, you, you take Beyonce... For instance, Beyonce has made her money. Mm-hmm. She will continue to make her money. And no matter what Vince and Nikki says about her tonight, she is going to sleep very well. For sure. And we will spend hours on social media arguing about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and, and how great of a basketball player they are. But then we will go outside, walk to our car, and we will drive by whatever kid is outside trying to teach himself to play the game. And what I mean by that is we have so many people in our inner circle who are actually trying to get to that level, but we we dismiss them so easily. Now, you made a comment about you have 
you may have a friend who's trying to do X, Y, Z, and you may or may not believe in them. That That is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And depending on the level of the friendship, there is nothing wrong with constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, I get it. You want to do X, Y, Z. I think, based on my experience, you should do A, B, C, and D, and it'll get you where you want to be. And however that person decides to take it is mm-hmm. on them. But just I, I think the support is... It, it's it's necessary because when I was leaving the military, I didn't have any support. Mm-hmm. Um, I had none from from friends, family, uh, coworkers. There was one of my homeboys who had got out the army maybe a year or two before me. He was like the only one that like actually supported me. And when I got out the military and I'm home and I'm happy as a kid in the candy store, I had a family member actually tell me that within three months, you'll be begging to go back to the army. Mm-hmm. And they said it in like one of the most cold hearted ways possible, but it's been four years now since I've been out of the military. And that same family member is like, Oh, I, I knew you could do it. I always believe in you. Da, 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 da. And I hate that stuff because what happens is a lot of times those people, they change their narratives only because they see you doing good and now they're trying to put themselves in your good graces so that they can they can benefit off of your hard work. And when I look at those people, um I can't I can't really come up with like a meme or anything, but like I give them a very stank face. I'm mm-hmm. like, get the hell away from me because I, I don't know you right now. So, you know, if I'm able, when I'm able to get to where I want to be, there's a very, very small circle of people that will be around me because I don't I don't hold grudges, but you know, I don't necessarily forget you know, anything. So even even with your podcast here, um, I'm sure you have a lot of friends in your circle who are who are constantly pushing you to to do your podcast every every week um mm-hmm. so that you can grow and you know get out of the doggone um loan officer job and get mm-hmm. away from that headache. And it's 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 necessary. Um even if you don't wholeheartedly believe them, just push them. You mm-hmm. know, just push them, just just motivate them because it, it resonates a lot more than what than what we realize sometimes. Right. And I think that's the point that I'm trying to make, though, that support doesn't always have to mean spending money on yeah. it. Um, and beyond that, like, once once the the show that you have blows up, you know, there are going to be some people that are in your circle that didn't support you. It doesn't mean that enough people didn't believe it. And I think that's the thing that I want to reassure people that just because people in your circle don't feel what you're doing, somebody's going to feel it. And so it shouldn't discourage you from working out, you know, and trying to continue to do it. And like I said, like Beyonce is my favorite and Jay-Z is my favorite rapper. There are people that don't like Jay-Z. So I think there are always going to be people that don't believe in you. Um, And so while I feel like support, again, doesn't always have to come from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. You, I think constructive criticism can be support. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of times, honestly, like I have a friend that has a business and I, I don't, I don't think that it's something that I would ever invest in, but I also try to encourage them to keep on at it mm-hmm. and I'll share it because it's not my cup of tea, but somebody might drink it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I like chamomile. Maybe they like they like Earl Grey, and that's what she's making. So I try to be there, um, and I think that was the thing that I had to wrap my head around. That like it doesn't always have to come in the form of paying money to purchase what they're doing. Just be there. Let people know what they're doing because yeah. you know because you're not feeling it doesn't mean someone else isn't yeah, going and to. I think that kind of gets back into the whole topic of entrepreneurship in, in general. A lot of times with us trying to be entrepreneurs, 
we um we get worn out. And if mm-hmm. we're not getting the feedback that we're getting, sometimes we may we may leave it alone. We, or we, we may say, we'll come back to it later. And next thing you know, later it's been six, seven, eight months. But when you got people that's in your corner, hey, when you dropping another podcast, yo, I listened to your podcast the other day. It was pretty dope. I would have said X, Y, Z, but it was pretty dope. Good stuff. Looking forward to the next one. When you hear that type of stuff, oh man, let me let me do another one right quick. I got people that are listening to me. I got people that want to hear what I got to say. And you know, like I said earlier, I'm kind of you know beating a dead horse at this point. Just just telling someone, hey, keep pushing, keep going. Um, it hits. It hits. It does. And I mean, you don't have to support your friends. Like, you know what I mean? You don't. But like, once they do start to elevate, don't try to get on that gravy train. You know what I mean? Like, I I do think a lot of people feel that because I have people that come to me like, oh, are you still doing the podcasting thing? Like, it's a hobby. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, you know, if this ever takes off, I don't want those people to be like, you know, I always believed in you because you you kind of devalued what yeah. I was doing. So I'm just like, I let people live in their truths. If they don't believe it, that's cool. Um, and I think that's, again, the thing that I want to reassure people. Like, just stick to your guns. Do what you're yeah. doing because somebody going to feel it. Like, even if the people in your circle don't, someone will. And if no one in your circle does, reevaluate your circle. Get a yeah. new circle. Surround yourself with people that believe in what you're doing. And that'll just help you to kind of, like, elevate. Um, now, outside of, like, supporting our friends and family, like, how do we go about supporting black business? Like you said, we need to be more proactive in finding the businesses out there. So what do we need to do to put the money back into the community? I mean, well, for the most part, well, and and, and that's that's tough because um, I patron Walmart. Um, I know Walmart isn't the kindness to the poor community. I go to Walmart every week, probably twice a week, and I hate that I go uh-huh. so often. But again, convenient. They ex- exactly, and I think I went about three or four months without going to Walmart. I don't but it's know hard. What that life looks like it's hard. It's it's hard because I had to get. I had to buy a bunch of things one day, and I ended up going to four different stores to get everything I wanted. But I think what we have to do, we have to make a conscious effort mm-hmm. to go patron whatever black-owned business, especially those brick-and-mortar stores. Um, as far as the stores that are online, uh, that's too easy. Click like on it. Uh, watch the video. You don't necessarily have to share it because uh, whatever whatever the video is about, it may not mesh with your social media page. And I understand that. But, you know, click like on it and all that good stuff. Leave some commentary watch the videos. That's, that's too easy. Um, I have a lot of friends who are selling t-shirts right Mm -hmm. now. And apparently the t-shirt business is the new wave. I got a few logos I want to sell. So I'm (laughs) trying to find the right website. So if anybody listening, they know of any websites, let me know. And I've bought a couple of shirts from some friends that are now selling shirts now. And with the sports podcast that I'm doing with a few friends, I've worn their shirts mm-hmm. on my podcast show to promote right. their brand as well. And it's it's just small it's just small stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff that we can do that doesn't take much energy. We just have to want to do it. Right. And I think like you said, sometimes the message may not necessarily mesh well with your social media, but I think sharing the information, kind of disseminating it is imp- is important and it doesn't always have to be social media, but mm-hmm. like you might find a product like you said, you're very invested in your beard so like i might <laughs> not need to thing. share oh my god i might need to share that on my facebook page but if i find something i can text you and yeah. i think it's just taking that extra step to think about who might benefit from this product who might like it and just say hey look i found this 
and I thought you might like it. Share yeah. it that way. And then like you were saying earlier, um, in the day that you kind of made four different stops to get everything you needed, sometimes it's just making it a priority to support the business. Now, I know that time is a very precious commodity that we don't have much of. So sometimes you have to take those Walmart trips because you have an hour and you need a hundred things and Walmart has 99 of them. So it's like, <laughs> let me get this and then, you know, call it a day. But when you do have that time, just making it a priority yeah. to go patronize the businesses, like you said, especially like brick and mortar. Um, now, lastly, we're almost done. For aspiring entrepreneurs, do you have any advice that you would give to them, you know, as they're getting started? Um, I got a friend who um, he has a saying and he probably says this. He's probably said this five times since we've started talking to him. <laughs> um, Google and YouTube will teach you everything. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who wants to do whatever, I would say just just go Google it and just watch the videos and go from there. Um, I got another friend who who is trying to get into the T-shirt business. And I think he's going about it the wrong way. And I give him advice. And most of the time, he doesn't listen to me. And he's he's dealing with a lot of uh, bumps in the road. And I try and tell him, and I'll tell this to any any uh, entrepreneur, um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. It has already been created. So, again, getting back to the YouTube reference, go watch multiple videos and take whatever information from this video and from that video and apply it to yourself to come up with your own unique product. Mm -hmm. And other than that, just, just keep pushing. If you don't spend money that you don't have, mm -hmm. um, if, if you have, if someone comes up and they're like, Hey, for $20 every month, I will do X, Y, Z and make sure you're good. Don't do that. Right. In, in the age of social media, it's too easy to promote your brand without spending money that you don't have. Everything is figure outable. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I was going to say. I think research is very important. And I mean, like sometimes I will get on Google and YouTube, like you said, and find things that I didn't even know that I was looking for. Because, you know, Google uses like the predictive analytics. So you just yeah. start typing and then it'll figure out what you're looking for. And so it's there. You might not know how to word it, but just start. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. So just do a little research and just keep seeing what comes up, taking notes. Yeah. Um, be real quick to mm -hmm. piggyback on that, the... Um the sports channel, as well as the better channel that you've watched a few of my videos, mm -hmm. um, I actually edit all those videos. And a year ago, I couldn't edit crap. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I'm, I'm what you call pretentious because I have a <laughs> Mac. So obviously that makes me pretentious. And uh, they have iMovie. So I went on Google, uh, how do I use iMovie? And uh, YouTube taught me how to use iMovie. So in about six months, um, I really I taught myself how to go there. I move it, how to edit videos and post them and all that good stuff. So obviously I can still improve on it, but I'm not paying somebody to do my videos. I'm I'm able to do it myself. So right. uh, like I said, Google and YouTube will teach you everything, and you just gotta find the time and make the time to get it done. Right. And to piggyback off that, I am lazy. Like so, when I was on my previous podcast, I actually did edit the audio. But now I outsource a lot of things. And so I think that's something else you can do. Like if you're trying mm -hmm. to like support the community, figure out who does edit Agreed. it. Like if you don't want to do it um, and then just put the money back there. Shout out to sci-fi because that's what I do. Um, beyond that, building the right team is important. So oh, there yeah. are two sayings that I use probably once a week. The first one is your network determines your net worth. Mm -hmm. And I got that from Taraji P. Henson years ago when she was on Black Girls Rock. And I think that's important. 
having the right people around you just creates a different mentality and kind of fuels that fire that you have. So it's important to have people that are all trying to level up or at least see what you're doing and believe in your vision and they're supporting you. Mm -hmm. um, and then beyond that, teamwork makes the dream work. I say that all the time at work. It's the same thing, just making sure you have people that are on the same page so that you guys are all working towards not necessarily the same goal, but a common goal, which is just being successful. Um, and then using the tools that are available to you. That's what you were saying about like Google and everything. There is a lot of stuff out there, just information out there on the web. But beyond that, there are a lot of sources of like funding and places that, you know, support organizations that are startups or existing businesses. So again, I say you don't know what you don't know, but Google it and find out who has resources for, you know, up and coming businesses or again, existing businesses, because there's a lot out there. You just have to figure out where it is so that you have access. And then the last thing that I said was cheesy. It was don't give up. But I, yeah. I think that's important because I think on this journey, sometimes it happens for people overnight. For a lot of people, it doesn't. it doesn't. So you can't get discouraged because you're not seeing the return as quickly as you would like. Yep, agreed. Um, before we close, I wanted to give Vince a chance to reiterate, you know, the projects that he's working on and let people know how he can or how he can be found on social media. Okay, so uh, first off, as far as my personal profile on, I'll give you my Instagram. It's uh, vdoden underscore. It's uh, V-D-O-D-U-N, and it's an underscore. And if you go to my Instagram, it'll pretty much take you to all of my other uh, social media accounts. But as far as my Veterans of Charlotte, it's essentially what it says. So go to go to Instagram, type in Veterans of Charlotte, and you can click on the link in the bio, and it'll take you to the Facebook and the YouTube page. And it's the, uh, it's the same name. Veterans of Charlotte, so please give it a like and a follow and provide some feedback. And as far as the uh, sports podcast, we are called Under Construction. So you can type that in on Twitter. You can type that in on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And you'll see a profile picture of three delinquent. At, no, I'm just playing. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's three guys in a profile picture. Uh, it's me and uh, my two homeboys. Shout out to Rodney and Jamal with Under Construction. And uh, follow us. We're talking about sports in the Charlotte area as well as the culture here in Charlotte. So tonight we actually recorded before I came over here to do this with you. And we were actually talking about um, the little beef between McFadden and the city of Cornelius because mm -hmm. they felt some type of way that he was doing his job. But please tune in within the next day or so. We'll have that posted and you guys will hear what we got to say. And um I know this is supposed to be the closest statement, but I feel like I need to say this. Do what you got to do. With the uh, sports channel that me and my friends are doing um, under construction, we've been doing this for about a month now. And two weeks ago, I have a, a friend that I only know through Facebook, but he's here in Charlotte. We met through a sports group. I've known him for about two or three years now. And basically about two weeks ago, he inboxed me and he was like, hey, I've been looking at y'all videos. I like what y'all are doing, and I want to help out. And he has the best man cave I've ever seen, <laughs> but he has a lot of studio and audio equipment, and he invited me, Rodney, and Jamal to his house so that we can record. Mm -hmm. 
So the last two weeks, we've we've been over his place and we've done our shows at his place, and that was part of the reason I was so late tonight <laughs> because after Niggas. the <laughs> after the game went off, it took us about 30, 45 minutes to get the lighting and the audio equipment right and all that good stuff, and then we went and did the show. But that's the that's the epitome of supporting yourself, uh, supporting other people. He simply just reached out to him and said, "Hey, I want to help you guys because I like what you guys are doing." And if we get, and, and I know again, it's supposed to be closing remarks, but if we can get a lot more of that going on, uh, we we can get this little progressive thing going pretty pretty quick. Agreed. I have a an aspiring filmmaker here in Charlotte. You know him, Jerome. Yeah. Romeo Stockton. He's super supportive, and he's just like, "What can I do to help?" And so it's very important to have those people. Because I was gonna say, um, a lot of times I will have friends that provide feedback on the show, and they will text me or you know hit my like inbox, which is Great. I love feedback, but I prefer it on the page because then it's going to drive traffic there. Mm -hmm. So it's just about how the information is being received. And, you know, I don't want to discourage people from texting their friends because we appreciate it. But again, if you're if you really believe in what we're doing, support it the right (laughs) way. There's a you know, there's a way to go about it. And so I don't want people to think like I don't want the text because I again, I appreciate the feedback. But in the social media age, engagement's important. So if I have hundreds of comments it's going to kind of improve the the SEO as far as like the yeah. algorithm is concerned and then more people will see it. So it's just, it's the little things that you can do to help. Um, but you guys all know where to follow me. I am darling underscore Nikki underscore 84. The show is Nick at night show N I K. And I'm going to start posting to that one again. I've been so focused on my personal, just promoting the show there. And then my crazy IG stories that, even though I'm promoting the show, I'm not using that page as much. Um, but lastly, since we talked about Nip in the beginning, I just wanted to quote him. I have a couple quotes here that I just wanted to share that I hope inspire you guys to not give up and to keep kind of going after what you want. So the first one, I'm about seeing long term, seeing a vision, understanding nothing really worthwhile happens overnight and just sticking to your script long enough to make something real happen is just pretty much what we've been saying um next one is instead of trying to build a brick wall lay a brick every day eventually you'll look up and you'll have a brick wall and then the last one is most important thing is to get rid of doubt if you got doubt in what you're doing it's not going to work and i think that all just ties into what we've been saying like it's not going to happen overnight for some people they might get lucky but just stay the course believe in what you're doing and eventually it'll pay off and that concludes this episode of Nick at Night. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, appreciate you having me. Yeah.